Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital extends its healing mission beyond its hospital doors as it presents this vital podcast series. It's Your Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. There's so much to do and enjoy outside and in nature. However, you don't want to put an end to the fun because of an injury or possibly end up in the emergency room. My guest today is Dr. Seth Sushinsky. He's an emergency medicine physician and a member of medical staff at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sushinsky. So let's start with some outdoor safety, water safety. When you think of pool safety, swim safety, even lake and ocean, what do you want the listeners to know about being safe and having a great time around the water? I think with uh, any kind of safety, outdoor safety, you'll kind of hear this theme throughout our talk today. It's prevention. Prevention is the number one thing and being prepared. Um, you know, here in California, so many people have pools and there's so many local pools that um, uh, it's important uh, to, to be prepared. And I would say what we see a lot, the number one thing I think is to make sure that no uh, kids especially toddlers, uh, young kids, have access to a, poop, to a pool unsupervised, meaning there should be a fence. If you own a pool and you have kids, there should be a fence around that pool. If you have a pool but don't have kids, your neighbors may have kids, so the side gate to your backyard needs to be locked and uh, not accessible by young kids. So I think that's the number one rule there is, uh, is uh, the prevention and, and limit access to, to, to a pool uh, or a lake or anything uh, unsupervised. And what about if they're at the ocean and rip tides and such? What would you like them to know about those? Yeah, again, you know, any, any kid in, in a water should be directly supervised. That doesn't mean just having a parent nearby. One of the common myths we see with uh, swimming safety, whether it's in a pool, an ocean, or a lake, is that a drowning in an event is a loud uh, commotion. Yes, so you see in the movie. That's not true at all. A drowning event is a silent event. A child can go underwater and not come up. There's going to be no noise, no commotion. So if a child is not directly supervised, um, it could be missed. So when it comes to ocean safety, um, just knowing what beach you're at, what is the landscape under that water, does it drop off really quickly or does it stay shallow? Is the beach prone to riptide? Is there a lifeguard at the beach? A lot of beaches don't have lifeguards uh, in recent years with budget cuts. And um, you could also know uh, signs of riptide, the murky water and the swirling water is a sign of riptide. Um, if you're an adult and you happen to get caught in a riptide, uh, one of the things, the common things people do is they try to get out of it and they panic and they try to swim into the water and that, that's the last thing you want to do. You actually want to turn parallel to the shoreline and swim either up or down shore to get out of the riptide and then swim in towards the beach. That's great advice. Now, as long as we're talking about things in the outdoors and hot and sun, if they're at a pool or if they're at the beach, what do you want them to know about sun safety? Because sunburn can be a nasty business and can also really contribute to skin cancer. Even young kids don't think so much about that, but adults do. So what do you want them to know about sun safety? Yeah, again, it's prevention. You know, um, look, one, know the weather for the day. Um, you know, go on Go on your, your phone, your mobile device, or your computer, or watch the local weather and, and know what the weather's going to be that day. Is it going to be a cool day, cloudy day, or is it going to be a hot, sunny day in the 90s or, or even higher? Um, so be prepared, which means uh, drink plenty of fluid, water, electrolyte drinks. Um, but, you know, do that before you go out. You know, don't, don't go out to the beach or to the sun or to the park. Uh, dehydrated, you know, you want to make sure you're hydrated before you even get there, and then bring plenty of, plenty of water. 
and also dress appropriately. You know, um, shorts and a tank top is actually not the best clothing for a hot, sunny day. Um, if you think about any movie where someone's walking through the desert, they're not in a shorts and a tank top. They're actually in clothes that are covering most of their body. But it's lightweight, a light color, and usually a, 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 a fabric like cotton, a breathable fabric. And that's good because it blocks the sun, yet it's still breathable. So, um, you know, the short and tank tops is going to just expose your skin to that blurring sun. And then uh, the next thing, of course, is sunscreen. And there's a couple uh, things we do wrong with sunscreen. One, I think you just, you absolutely need a waterproof sunscreen at this point. Um, there's very few sunscreens that aren't waterproof. Um, those are more the cosmetic ones. But definitely a waterproof sunscreen because even if you're not going in the water, you're, you'll be sweating and perspiring. And that's going to... Um, wash off those non-waterproof sunscreens. And again, you've got to be prepared. Sunscreens work best if they're applied at least 15 minutes prior to going into the sun. So, you know, I always try to, and, and I'm not perfect. I sometimes forget to. But um, if we're going to go to the local pool, you know, I try to get the sunscreen on my kids before we leave. So by the time we get there and unpack, the, wa- the sunscreen's been, been on, on their skin for at least 15 minutes before they jump in the water. So I think that's one of the probably the number one thing people forget is I see this all the time, someone at the pool or at the beach or at the lake, and they're spraying that sunscreen on, rub it in, and then they immediately jump in the water. It's going to be much, much less effective. And then what about things like insects? I mean, we have Zika, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic for us. But rattlesnake bites, bee stings, bug bites. What would you like people to know if they're out hiking in the desert or if they're, you know, out on a lake and they get stung by a bee? What would you like them to know about these types of injuries? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about rattlesnakes. I, we're here in Southern California, uh, north of LA, and I we just recently had a bad snake bite uh, come into the emergency room about three weeks ago. Um, again, number one thing is prevention. Know know how to avoid that rattlesnake bite, and of course that means walking on the trail, making noise. Rattlesnakes they're not aggressive. They're aggressive to, towards rodents, but they're really not aggressive to larger animals, including people. They're they're afraid of us. And they won't strike unless we surprise them. So don't surprise them. So walk on the trails, make noises, have a walking stick you can kind of hit on the ground or, or rattle some bushes, you know, ahead of time. Wear high boots because they are most likely to strike near the ground. Um, and uh, don't put your hand in anything you can't see, like a bush. If you lose a ball and it goes into a bush, don't go and grab it. That's where the snakes live. And I would say... I think my last four or five rattlesnake bites have been uh, gardeners and maintenance people putting their hands into a bush, and they've gotten bitten. So that's a very important. Don't pick up a large rock. There could be a rattlesnake underneath it. Uh, putting your hands in crevices that you can't see all the way down or picking up debris. So rattlesnakes like to hide in those places, and, and they can bite if you surprise them. You stick your hand right in their house. Um, they're going to they're gonna protect themselves. So, what, do, what do you do if they bite you? Ah, uh, yeah. So the first thing to do is move away from the rattlesnake. You don't want to get bitten twice. Once is bad enough. <laughs> so move at least 20 feet away. Um, usually once you're about 20 feet away, they will not feel threatened, and they will, they will scurry off in the other direction as well. Very important to stay calm and stay immobile. Just relax. Sit down or lie down. The area that's bitten, you actually want it to be below the level of your heart. Now, we always, a lot of people know that if they sprain an ankle or they they, uh, sprain their wrist, they want to raise it and keep it elevated. It's actually the opposite for rattlesnake bites. You want to keep it below the level of your heart. 
You want to immediately remove any jewelry around that area. If you got bit in the hand or arm, take off any rings or watches, bracelets. Um, take off anything because they're usually a swelling. So take, take any jewelry off before any swelling happens. Call for help. This is something that you do want to seek medical attention immediately. Um, if it's an arm or a leg, you can make a little splint or a sling to keep it uh, immobile. Um, and then avoid things like alcohol and caffeine, anything that could raise your heart rate. Um, and there's a couple things you don't want to do as well. There's some myths out there. Um, you don't want to suck the poison out. People always ask about it. Oh, should I have done that? Absolutely not. Once you're bitten, the venom is usually in the wound. Um, don't cut the wound. Um, in fact, when you do get bitten, there will often be some bleeding. You actually want to let it bleed for about 30 seconds. That might help wash some of the venom out. So actually let it bleed for about 30 seconds before you apply any bandage to it. Do not apply a tourniquet. People sometimes think, oh, if I put a tourniquet on, I could stop the poison from spreading. That's not true. Once you're bitten, it's in your bloodstream. It's it's already gone. The tourniquet will make things worse. worse. Don't apply ice to the wound. Okay? We Again, with a twisted ankle, we'll always apply ice. That's great. But not for a rattlesnake bite. The rattlesnake bites can cause some tissue damage, and applying ice can make that even worse. So those are the things uh, that you, you don't want to do. And, of course, you've already called for help. You do want to seek uh, medical attention, usually an emergency room, right away to, to receive the appropriate care. And we don't have a whole lot of time left, but what about bee stings and other bug bites? Are there some that you're concerned with, Dr. Sushinsky, that you would like people to know just self-care and what they should do? Yeah, I mean, I would want no what type of bugs are you in your area. For example, in California, there are black widows. Um, there are non-poisonous brown recluse out here. They're not the same as the ones in Arizona and uh, New Mexico, Texas area. Those are, those are a little bit more damaging than the ones we have out here. So you want to know what's in your area um, and uh, be aware of where they are. Again, prevention's the main thing. Um, but uh, let's talk about bee stings, because that seems to be everywhere. Everywhere I've traveled, at least in the U.S., uh, there's bees. So if you get bit by a bee, one of you, and the, the stinger is often still in the skin. And the, the immediate reaction often is to, oh, if I had a splinter, I would use tweezers. Um, but that's not the case with a bee sting. At the top of that, that little barb there is a little pocket with the uh, bee venom. And if you use tweezers, you're actually going to squeeze that and push more of that venom into your, into your tissue. So do not, do not pinch or use tweezers. Instead, use a credit card and gently slide it along the skin, like scraping, just to scrape it out. That's usually the best way to avoid adding any more venom into the tissue. And then you want to wash the area. And then unlike the rattlesnake bite, it is okay to apply ice to a bee sting. And again, unlike a rattlesnake bite, it is okay to elevate it because this is more of an allergic-type reaction where you're going to have swelling, uh, an allergic-type response. Also, again, if it's in the hand or finger or wrist, remove any jewelry, any rings, watches, bracelets. Uh, any joy around the area. And then, you know, it, they're usually pretty painful, and people often forget good old ibuprofen and phenomenophen work very well for pain. Uh, antihistamines, such as Benadryl, might help for the itching, that localized itching. Even a topical uh, hydrocortisone cream might help. You can also use some homemade res- remedies like a mixture of baking soda and water right onto the wound or calamine lotion. Um, and then if you haven't had a tetanus shot in the last 10 years, make sure you go get a tetanus shot. Watch the area because you will often get some redness and swelling around it the next day. That's usually normal and okay. 
But if that becomes hot or starts progressing or if you get fevers, there could be a little infection associated with that. So you would want to seek help. But again, there are some times where bee sting can be an absolute emergency. So if you have any trouble breathing, any swelling or tightness in your throat or in your tongue, you start to feel faint or dizzy, you start to develop hives or rashes on your body that are not right near where the bee sting was, your tongue becomes swollen, or if you have a history of an allergic reaction to stings in the past, you need to immediately call 911, seek emergent uh, attention right away. Then wrap it up for us, Dr. Sushinsky, with your best advice for outdoor safety so people don't end up in the emergency room visiting you, what you really want them to know about having a great time outside but doing it safely. Yeah. Again, I think, as I mentioned many times, it is be prepared for whatever activity you're doing. Um, if you're, you know, you're going to be in the sun, get those loose, light-colored clothing, bring plenty of water, get that sunscreen on early, know any hazards, are the riptides, are the waves really strong? Hey, does everybody know how to swim? And who's going to be watching who? That should be figured out ahead of time. Um, if you're bringing more than one, one young child, make sure you have a plan of who's watching who before you get there. Uh, going hiking or uh, going into, into nature, make sure you know what, what is out there. Go on the Internet. It's so easy to access and find this information now. Are there rattlesnakes in the area? Are there brown recluse spiders? Are there black widows? What do they look like? Um, what plants should I avoid? And you should get, be prepared before you start in the activity, and you should have a great time. Thank you so much. What great information. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. And for more information, you can go to henrymayo.com. That's henrymayo.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.